0: So today I spoke to Cash Ulrich. Um, we really got into music and what music is to him and where it takes him, how he helps others. Uh, we got into some great conversation about getting on stage, how he gets there, and the effect that music can have. And it was really good. Uh, it was its going to sound a bit strange, but it, it felt very intimate, the way him and I were talking to each other. And... There was these cross references between music and sport, and what that means, and, and visualizing where this takes you, and flow states, and yeah, it was. Well, it was a great podcast, and I really enjoyed it because it was one of those that went in a direction that I could never have anticipated. And I really do have to thank Cash a lot for his time; uh, it was very much appreciated. And um, I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. <music> Hi, Cash. Welcome to the David Watson Podcast.
1: Thanks. Good to be here with you.
0: No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, uh, and a little shout out to Samantha um, for doing the email introductions. It's always, it's always a nice way to get more guests to come on. And, um, yeah, exactly. One of the things that I, I wanted to get into straight away, if I may, is when I was doing uh, just checking out your website and who you are, and the first thing that got me is your logo.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Where did that come from?
1: That that's a. I was kind of looking for something that had more of a, a kind of symbol feeling base. Yeah. You know, um, I'm a big fan. Obviously, like every one of like the Led Zeppelin guys. Um, oh, okay. So I think it it was kind of influenced by how like you know Page and Bonham, um, they all kind of had a logo or symbol kind of named after them or you know attached to them so that was kind of like my my feel behind it um yeah i kind of went through a whole bunch found something that was felt kind of in a line
0: with me yeah because immediately when i saw it i first it was only i really had to kind of have a look at it because at first it reminded me of the kundalini symbol of the two serpents rising from the root Mm -hmm. chakra and i was just is that is that what he's doing, or is that, you know? But it, it, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's got a weird, like, yeah. it's not quite snake like, but it's branches to it and it, it twirls. And it, it kind of it pulled me in a little bit with the green and the, the black. And I was just like, oh, so far, I, I've got to ask. I've got to ask what that was. Like. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. It definitely, when I first kind of my eyes caught it, it was I was kind of looking for that kind of like snake feel. Yeah. You no know, moving up a spine, so. <clears throat>
0: yeah and, and that's what it's like it reminded me of that the yogi sort of kundalini energy that you talk about and this and the way they symbolize it that 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 rise in energy that then expands at the top you know yeah definitely. but it, it worked because yeah. it, it it drew me straight in do you know what i mean well, as soon cool. as i checked out your website I was like, oh, i'm definitely <laughs> that's my first question i've got to find out about that you know like so on your website i've obviously i've read your bio and everything um and and you, you talk about you, you became a guitar started playing the guitar at 12 is that correct yeah. yeah yeah how was it like was there did you see somebody or was there a piece of music you heard mm. or
1: yeah it's a, it's um it was an interesting story um i one of my brothers tore his cruciate ligament um and my dad kind of had come home and bought home one of these acoustics and um he learned a couple of chords and it wasn't something that he was drawn to. Um, and I was kind of just like, I was, I was kind of messing around. And at this particular time, I could really sense like as a, I, I don't know how it came about, but a couple months before that guitar came into the house, I was really looking for something I could get good at. Um, so I started doing everything I started trying swimming, I started trying <laughs> athletics. I started playing rugby and football and I was like, "What is it that like where's my my thing
0: yeah
1: and um i picked I picked it up and he had learned one or two like kind of pieces just from a tablet and he showed it to me and I, I picked it up really quickly, and I just felt this like. Oh, I can do this. Like I could I could get good at this. Um and then it just became this constant feeling of like I would kinda of come home every day and just be drawn to one and two, you know, you kinda of put your finger in a position and then it moves into the next one and that just constantly kept intriguing me like day after day how to get that little bit better. Um so that's kind of how it, it came to to fruition.
0: So so it wasn't actually you hadn't like seen a rock star and got drawn into it. I want, I want to be that guy. It, it was mm-hmm. just a feeling.
1: Completely, it wasn't. I had no intention of playing the guitar. I, it wasn't something I, I had seen and was like, "Cool, I'm going to be a guitar." player. <laughs> yeah. because, well,
0: um, you know, because I, I remember growing up and the, the first, <clears throat> I, I I tried to learn the guitar and it it just I never got that feeling. What well, well, what mm-hmm. it got was a horrible sound. But I was drawn in because in the 90s, there was... Um, was it Tour of Duty? I think it was. was this like an American sitcom late at night and the theme tune was painted black.
1: Oh, and, wow.
0: And you two had just released The Joshua Tree and, and there was a few of us at school, of course, and we thought, I want to be a rock god. This is yeah. the way to be cool. And obviously, that never took off. But
1: <laughs> No, that was definitely... It's it's an interesting how it, you know it's an interesting process because I I physically remember that feeling you know at, around that time going like what is it that I can do um, and yeah it, it was never yeah it was never one of those things where I was like okay I'm gonna do this, like you know be a rock and roll star or <laughs> anything like that
0: because yeah because at the beginning you said it, it. you kind of literally pursued sort of um athletics style pursuits you know football roughly athletics yeah um which are very like physically intensive you know um or, or team games involve a, a lot of interaction with other people you know it, it's it's all physical and yeah. and then you describe that no you picked up this guitar and it's a feeling and you play one note and there's a sequence that leads to another and another. The complete opposite of sports.
1: Completely. Yeah. It um well I, I still kept doing sports, you know, I, I kept playing rugby, which was um the kind of main sport that became a part of my life. But it was it was either growing up in South Africa, it was either, you know, play sports or well, there's nothing else yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, discovering this thing was like kind of my my way to just I don't know it, it, it was just a channel I was kind of just curious with it you know it, it wasn't even a, I, it was funny because the, the actual athletic side of sports fed so much into it you know yeah um, so I used to, like, I used to jump bikes, um, down, you know, BMX bikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that actually gave me quite an insight into, like, movement with the guitar. Um, you know, like, okay. how you would move on stage, like, your physical like body, like, when you're doing 360s or if you're kind of, you know, moving from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. So actually, like, incorporating physical activity like you know, sports and rugby and into your actual like playing i started kind of marrying the two up. And then I went and and as I was finding that out, I went and looked at a whole bunch of guys who, you know, some of the the real big players, um, you know, like um Caleb follow from the Kings of Leon and yeah. Um, you know, Slash from Guns N' Roses and all the, even, you know, Axel Rose. I mean, he was like a, he was a, he was like a, a long distance runner.
0: Oh, right. why. Yeah.
1: And you go back and you look at all these guys and each guy is kind of tied to some sport activity. And I only found that out kind of years later, but it's, it's quite interesting how they two marry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause as you were saying that, that reminds me of um, Roger Daltrey because i'm pretty sure i read somewhere that he was he had a keen interest in boxing and yeah. for all of the notoriety of the who doing drugs and drinking and parties he was forever sober and was addicted to the gym he never touched anything he was always teetotal and never did drugs but he was yeah. mad on on the gym and yeah. i'm pretty sure he was uh he kind of like lo- loved being in the boxing gym and stuff it might have just been weights but you know but and he he kind of talked about there's a place that he gets into when he's training that was just like being on the stage. You know, I could be paraphrasing and getting it completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what I. There no. was some sort of connection between the two. Yeah, uh,
1: no, you definitely hit the nail on the head there because it's it is definitely one of those things where pretty much with any kind of activity you're doing, you know, you kind of become so immersed in it. Um you're just like fully present with what's going on. So it completely takes your attention away. And with rugby meeting into, you know, sports, it was it was exactly the same thing with music.
0: Because, yeah, because, I mean, you you get it a, lot, a lot with rugby and I'm guessing it's a very big part of when you're riding BMXs and stuff is body awareness of where you are in comparison to with, with the bike, where you are with the floor, where you are in the in the trick, the movement, in the air. And it's the same like, um, I've never played rugby, but I, I played a lot of football sort of thing. And mm. um, a, a large part of the game is being aware of where the opposite guy is. Do you know what I mean? It's so that yeah, when when definitely. you receive the ball or move with it. Um, so could you just go into a bit more detail about how that um, became part of the immersion on the stage?
1: Yeah. the it was kind of like, It's almost like, you know, when you're playing football or you you pick up a, you know, you're running a backline run or something in a rugby game and you are completely present and you're completely aware of your surroundings. It's very much, it's very similar when you're playing live or you're playing on stage, you know, you're completely aware of, you know, how's my breathing at this particular time? How's, you know, how's my finger touching the fretboard? Like, is there too much pressure? And then you kind of bounce between this energy of the connection with the guys that you have on stage, you know, so you're completely aware of where your, you know, your singer and your drummer and your bass player are. And, you know, how intimate you are with them on that particular night or that particular moment. And it's it's a very, and then there's this kind of like energy where you've then got the whole crowd's kind of energy coming at you. So you're dealing with you're dealing with that amount of energy coming to you with your connection to the guys that you feel safe with on stage with, as well as then trying to hone that and focus that into how much attention and pressure is going into. It would be like you know catching a rugby ball or connecting a football to your foot. It's like how much are you curving it in? Yeah. You know. So you start playing with those really fine details of like. You know, I've had a couple of times where I've been playing on stage and just gone completely blank in the beginning because there's been too much adrenaline coming through. <laughs> you know, so I have this um, I have this kind of awareness trick when I get to that particular point and I feel I'm about to forget something, um, and I've, my mind kind of just has to say to itself, "Just go back into feeling." And as soon as I do that, it kind of like drops out from a mental state into a complete feeling state. Okay. And then it, it's funny because like a lot of the, you know, you do something so much and you go through so much repetition on something that it can sit right below your fingers. You know, you don't even have to think about it. So you can completely immerse yourself in the feeling of what's going on.
0: I it just... Yeah, because something you said there, I, I, I just had this image, and I don't know how old it was, but it was like where you receive the ball mm. and you catch it just right, but then the run starts. Do you know what I mean? And and you can feel yeah. the people who's chasing you, who's coming towards you. Yeah. And when you stick with the feeling, it it just always works out. You strike the ball, it goes in when you know mm. you make the tackle or whatever. Um but, but I, I'm you said something that, um that interested me with the you got the energy of the band and then the energy of the crowd. And and it was just like it was almost like um it reminded me of like a wave hitting a, a harbour wall. <laughs> <Do> you, <know? laughs> yeah. it, it, you must be like, whoa, this gets a bit,
1: you know Yeah. <laughs> it's normally that like it's normally if you can get through the first kind of the first song you can get yeah. to the first track, like, safely, <laughs> you know, without your gear messing out or um, too much going wrong in those first couple of minutes. Then it's exactly like you say, you know, you you make that first run and you kind of through the gap. And then, yeah. like, you can kind of fully focus and hone in. Then it becomes really fun because then you become – then you start to, like, play with all of the forces and the energy around you, you know. So that would be like you know I've laying the ball off or like looking up and actually seeing the top left corner, you know yeah. curving it on the right side of your foot, so like these little details come into play, so it, it becomes that you're like, okay, cool, I can actually move into this particular part, and then and then you start actually you know one thing like I've always incorporated into playing live or as a band is the jamming element. Uh-huh. You know, you'll see that obviously with the big bands like you know the Stones and Guns and Roses, followed nad and Zeppelin. Like, what it does is it helps you get into a state of um, of unknown. You know, so it that's kind of my that's my most exciting time in, on stage and in music because you get to get into the space where it hasn't been written, like a few seconds ahead of you. Yeah. So there's no, there's just this complete open door where you can enter a state of like no mind and kind of just go into full improv. And what that does is it can go so horribly wrong as well. (laughs) (laughs) I like the honesty. (laughs) it, It becomes so like you step into this dangerous territory where you're like, this can go fantastically. Like, and that's like, or oh, it can just go so bad and you're like, you're sitting there. There's no kind of in, in between there, you know? So, <laughs> but but if you don't, process. if you
0: don't kind of step off, you will never find it. 100%.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, and yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing just for what you've said back to me, that when, when you go into that kind of the jamming and the improv, when mm. there's an energy that's right with the crowd, that must take you on a journey in itself that must, I I suppose for want of a better term, almost be like a meditation. Yeah. But a crazy ride meditation of adrenaline.
1: And it's so weird because you, you know, you'll walk off playing and the guys that you play next to will feel that same connection. You know, it's very seldom like I've come off and I've been like that. Absolutely. Like that was like terrible, and one of the other guys has been like, That was fantastic. You know, it's normally you're so interconnected at that particular point, and with the crowd as well. Like, they can, it's like standing there naked, you know, you yeah, everything is sensed.
0: Well, because, like I say, if when it, it must hit that flow, um, mm-hmm. I mean, how many members are there typically? What four five members? Four, yeah, four. That, there must be some sort of synergy going on between the four of you, that reacts to mm. the crowd, but also is reacting, or I don't know, like in, somehow in tune with each other, that it is on some form of listening or some form of communication. But it, oh, yeah. and I, I'm I'm trying not to sound like too woo-woo about it all, but they've, they've, they've you know, how, how do you explain how four of you connect with an audience, and feed from that? But and then then jam, and and keep that energy going and keep it rising.
1: Such a good question. It's like, I think what I've you know what I've done over the past couple years of playing live has just been to like kind of stop trying to entertain the crowd um, in any way, and what that's done is it's helped me kind of move intimately inwards and kind of connect with the guys around me and so when the four of us are playing and you can you know you can really feel that connection with the guys for some reason and I, I don't know why but people can feel that kind of like excitement and that connection externally of what you're doing on stage so it's like it's like that stage becomes a little... Like a little hub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> creates this like little circle of energy, and then all of a sudden, like, that's what's going out. And and I guess that's where, you know, singers are so, so important because they're like that little link. You know? Yeah. They're that, they're that wall that your band is there mm-hmm. busy jamming and creating, and they're this little link to everything that's going on there. So. But th- and that connection's right.
0: Yeah, cause, no, because that's a good point. Because some of the best bands in the world, h- historically, have you know one of the things that's always been important about them is the front man. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I mentioned Roger Daltrey. You know, you you've got you know um, from the Who, you've got Axl Rose. Uh, there's Mick Jagger. I mean, there's just so many. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. Sometimes it's more about them than their voice you know
1: and
0: you know and so you it's that like you said that point you just made about that link between that they connect the kind of the crowd with the energy that's going on in the hub yeah
1: exactly you
0: you know uh, with the band
1: it's it's like a um it's so interesting to watch because when i work with the singer in our band it's you know we're we're like completely different guys like in terms of mindset focus you know it's like i can create a riff and a piece of music and get it to a particular point but i can't finish it you know yeah and that's where that kind of like that vocal writing style technique comes in and finishes it off um so it becomes a it becomes a very cool partnership um some guys you know a lot of guys can just nail it all together you know some guys have like fantastic voices songwriting ability playing ability and can just do it all in one <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know um but there is something that happens when you kind of uh kind of skilled just in that one particular area you know it's like i can't write the bass riffs that you know the bass player will play i can't yeah. write the drum parts that. That the drummer will play it's like when you take that person's whole being and personality and inject it into each one of those particular places it's like it becomes a and then those four gel and that's what takes that's why when that's what's so rare is to find that type of connection with those guys um i mean i spent years in bands just trying to like find that type of yeah. connection and for some odd reason, when I stopped looking forward, and I was just like, I'm just going to play music with a few guys that I really love that I'm connected with that, um, then it, it, tend, it tended to work. Yeah. Weirdly,
0: because that kind of goes back to you when you were 12, when you were looking for something to pursue but you kind of stop looking and just pick something up and say, oh, well, I'll just try this. Oh, this is quite good. I'll come back again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 just a weird sort of. Uh, actually, I'll stop looking and I'll just I'll just hang out with these guys and and I guess, I guess <laughs> yeah. now you're a band.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how it came about because you know we were thinking of like, how do you. We were like, look, we're going to hang out on a Friday night anyway. You know? Yeah. That's like, it's, but we're all good players. Let's, let's get in the room and see if the like that was my thinking behind it in the beginning. I was like, let's see if this goes. And even, you know, even where you recognize, okay, maybe this isn't, that's completely different or we have a different style of music. It didn't really matter. It was just like, we love to be in the same room and hang out. And I think that's a lot of the times where it kind of goes a bit wrong now in the music world. Because a lot is just, it's kind of picked and pieced and placed together. Um, Whereas, you know, you see bands like Metallica and these guys have been going for so long. Yeah. Um, You know, just starting in like Lars Ulrich's basement, (laughs) you know, James and Lars together. Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: But I mean, the greatest traditions of some of the greatest bands is that, that they were just schoolmates or just you know met Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and, and it was never it was they just clicked as people, you know yeah more, more than a, anything else. It was just, oh no, this works for 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 whatever reason, you know yeah, and, and then exactly. the, then the music followed from that, you know whatever whatever came came from that the roots were actually we'll just like be hanging out with each other yeah
1: yeah, yeah that's always such a creative a flow in us like that
0: yeah I, th- I think there's possibly something that when you're comfortable around people and uh, you know um and, and I could be taking a big leap of faith here because you know I, I can I can barely play the remote control do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> is um but when there's something that when you're comfortable around people and, and you're doing the same thing. It's not that you take risks. It's more that you lose any inhibitions. Yeah. And, and there's something more feeling that comes through.
1: Totally. Yeah, no, I can completely feel that. It's, um, yeah, it feels like there's a kind of net that's holding you there, especially when you trust the other person's playing. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you kind of have these two combinations. You have this part where you're like, "Wow, I actually trust your plane and I can sit with it. But it's like, and then there's this extra layer. Where it's like, but I just, you know, I love you as a person, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that, that just creates like the greatest recipe to be able to be completely vulnerable. And I think you have to be, especially when you're creating, you know, whether you're creating anything, um, to go into that space of being completely vulnerable with that person. Um, It's very difficult to do it with someone you don't feel connected to.
0: Yeah. 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 That, that, you know, there, there's, um, when, when I used to write a lot, one of the first things I learned is if, if something makes you, if you're scared to write something, that's exactly what I need to write about. Mm You know what I mean? And it, it, yeah. It, 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 uncomfortable writing inevitably was always the best.
1: You know. sure. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. you
0: know. Yeah, you know, it, it, it always came from that. What is that kind of the, the, the darkness or, or even the joy, to be fair, that mm. I feel a bit vulnerable writing about this. And once I learned to just, no, that's exactly, that's exactly. I mean, the, the podcast is a good example about that. It's actually okay what's what you find really uncomfortable well randomly just hitting a people up that you don't know and having a conversation with them well give it yeah. a go then see how it gets on
1: <laughs> Powerful. Man.
0: yeah but it come from a place of
1: fear yeah but it's so cool how you know you you notice that you know it's like you sit with that fear i mean it's it's definitely like it's the same as kind of walking onto a stage there's like a I gotta admit, there's like a part of me that wants to go out there and absolutely crush it, and then there's a part of me that just wants to curl up and sit in the corner, you know. So, I have this,
0: yeah, (laughs) I
1: you know, I have this war that kind of goes on internally inside of me, which I'm fully aware of. Um, and I think what I've what I've kind of learned over the you know, I mean, I've been playing for 20 years now, it's like what I've kind of found. Is when that particular, you know, like you said, when that particular part like wants to just curl up, it's kind of like you're picking that fear up and you're walking with it as opposed to like cutting off from it or bulldozing over it or standing on it. You're like, you got to pick that part up and like let it join the other part, you know?
0: I, I, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I was just going to say to me, it's always the rent that's due for the reward that's coming. Hmm. You know, it's just like okay, I'm really scared right now, and I could easily just not do this, but I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to do it, and then the reward follows, because you know, yeah,
1: you know, know, it's it's an uncomfortable place to be, but it's it's so great because you're sitting right on the edge of it. Yeah, it's like wow, I'm kind of pushing through that particular thing, and everything great comes from that moment.
0: I, yeah 100 percent, 100 percent.
1: yeah when you move through that like little wall it normally like i noticed that kind of like you know when you when you play live and it's like am i gonna actually go and try and nail this particular solo in this particular point like yeah. <laughs> you know it kind of like heart goes you know <laughs> because there's only a few thousand that.
0: people there so nobody will notice
1: is it going to happen? Okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> and that's where, that's where that connection becomes really powerful um, with the guys around you and just knowing there's like some, there's that safety, but then there's that kind of deeper trust where it's like, where it's like, you know, that you can get it completely wrong and it's still going to work. Um, but the, yeah that's that's where the unknown that unknown space you've kind of got to plan and or allow that unknown space to be there
0: yeah know, to go into
1: it
0: it's like constantly being on the edge of the cliff yeah but but having the yeah. um the just the trust that you're never stepping off
1: yeah yeah
0: you know because does the size of the crowd affect you in any way or can can a, a small intimate crowd be just as kind of um just as energetic it's
1: mm, a good question it depends if like i think when you go for example if you if you've got a small crowd like an acoustic crowd and you're playing in a you like an acoustic sit-down set it's a completely different feel and it is more it's actually more nerve-wracking because they can pick up on every movement that's going on okay, underneath yeah. your fingers you know Whereas when you play kind of loud into a certain point, after a while it's. I I like the smaller stuff more, like I like the club gigs more because you do get to. You get closer, you know? Yeah. It it does feel more intimate, um, which I love. So I, I'm I'm a fan of that. But then I also love the sensitivity that comes from a small acoustic show. So they, uh, they all have, like, their joys.
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so just um when you, you know, we literally just talked about that little bit of fear that we have before we start going to do something, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um. In, interestingly, I, I just messaged somebody li- literally about ten minutes before we were about to start, and I said, "No, I'm, I'm getting my podcast jitters again," you know. Um. But but I know it'll be okay. <laughs> once once the Zoom link clicks in, I know it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, h- how how do you take yourself through it? Like you said, you 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 um gave an analogy. Like you got kind of got to pick it up and carry carry yourself with it. H- how do you yeah. do that? just as it's happening to you?
1: Yeah, so I know previously what I used to do was, which is, and I do, you know, whether something's right or wrong, I'm, it's not kind of for me to say, but for myself. I know yeah, that.
0: it's always for ourselves.
1: Yeah. So when I pick, when I notice like the fear coming in me, I used to really just go like, okay, I'm going to push through this. And what that kind of, what I found, the problem is to start creating an internal atmosphere of distrust because there's a particular part in you that needs to, that needs caretaking for, Yeah. Because there's one part of you that wants to just go out and absolutely do it, you know, whether you're about to run a gap, you know, in a rugby game or football game or, but there's that one part of you that's like, whoa, you know? And you have to pay attention to this particular aspect of yourself. And what I've found is like from actually noted, like bringing myself into the awareness of that part, that kind of wants to move forward or that's scared. It's like, because it's polarized when you actually visit that part and care take forward and see what it needs, it's like you can pick it up and bring it into alignment with the part that wants to move forward. And I've found that doing that, even though it takes me longer, like I'll go back, you know, i sit before going on stage by myself or at least for like 20 minutes, half an hour and just feel into this particular part within me. And it really begins to create an atmosphere of trust okay. internally, as opposed to before. Um yeah, which so that's kind of like how I deal with the fear going forward. So it's not like, because I don't think you could ever get rid of fear. I don't think anyone ever really gets rid of fear. I think it's always there. I think just learning how to pick it up and walk with it, as opposed to cutting it off and crushing it or <laughs> yeah. bulldozing over it in some ways, is, is a way that, you know, you learn how to kind of channel fear and harness fear.
0: Um for you where do you think that comes from what the the fear, fear. cuz you you know you can play you've done it a thousand times
1: mm. i think it's well i think it's always there there's always there's always that nervous thing of what's going to go wrong it, it it does come down to the story that we kind of tell ourselves as well um it's also got to do with like, you know, the connections to the adrenaline. And I think over time I've, I've learned how to kind of channel that adrenaline actually into, you know, through the body and then sitting underneath your fear. I mean, sitting underneath your fingers. So the fear can not like kind of transmute, but where it comes from, I'm not sure fully. You know? Yeah. Uh. But I know it's there. Yeah. Know, and you can't run away. From, I know I don't, I don't try to run away from it or anything like that. I know it's fully there and I get to sit with it and, and feel it and then move forward with it. I think that's kind of where my focus goes now.
0: Because you've mentioned uh, a few times that we spoke about the feeling under your fingers. Mm. Um, so the, there's obviously... Um, something that happens to you when you, you, you're kind of touching the strings and, and you, you've, you know, you've got the guitar and it's obviously very kind of, um, sort of central in that sense of touching, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that it is very feeling based and you, you keep, you know, you've mentioned a few times how it's under your fingers.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm really, cause as that, if that adrenaline, you know, when you're playing and you, you've kind of embraced that, that fear to bring out the energy, you have to still be soft.
1: Yes. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing I, that
1: you pick up on that
0: because that's true. Well, because I, I, you know, like, I mean, it's genuinely like, I'm really intrigued by this because I have never ex- had that ability or experience where there's something that requires a sensitivity while, while at the other side, I'm balancing this energy and mm. the kind of the um well pardon the pun but the instrument that is then being used for that output requires that uh sensitive soft control yeah but you it know is but you, you could be getting chased down the field by a ball <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it is that completely um I guess you'd experience that definitely, you know, when you're playing football, for example, you know, and you're running and it's like how you, you know, you're balanced and touching it between your legs. while you say, you know, you're being chased.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've kind of had some of that experience when I'm on a surfboard, when I'm on a longboard. Mm. But it doesn't require, you know, because like with a football or on a surfboard, um, I I, I can just lean into the wave. I I can actually go with it you know, with, with a football, you can just kick it like it's a cannonball, do you know what I mean? You don't have to be soft about it at all, you know? <laughs> which kind of tells yeah. you what sort of football player I was.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the same. You're completely right with surfing as well, you know, that feeling or tapping into that feeling but then harnessing that energy. It's like, it is very similar. So it's actually something like our. I'll teach when I'm teaching a guitar player kind of in the beginning, you know. It's like when someone learns acoustic, they're kind of, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a tougher instrument. You know, you build up more hand strength, you build up more dexterity, and then you pick up this electric and it's a whole lot lighter. Now, you know, so you're dealing with the sound, which is a lot bigger, it expands a lot more you gotta somehow control it and kind of you know niche it into what's sitting below your fingertips. So you've got to con you've got to contain this like the safety sensitivity while you're playing. And then try, you know, if if you're playing in a rock and roll band, um, you know, you're quite and you harness in this energy of complete drastic movement on the other <laughs> on the <laughs> other side. You know, so it's like there's that constant balance when you're playing live, especially. It's like, can I be sensitive while I'm, you know, in going off and enjoying myself? In, yeah. yeah. As you know, and the best guys in the world are able to harness that and like pinpoint that to such a beautiful degree. And then it, you know, it goes even further because then you you start to you're then also dealing with not just the sensitivity, but like what sound is coming out. So now you're tapping in physically, sensitively, and in an audio sense of like how, you know, which direction, what am I pulling out of this instrument? And is it connected to a deeper part of myself that's coming forward? So it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, because
1: good game
0: to be a part of <laughs> yeah yeah because they're, they're really seasonally because like you say if you're like a on full-on like uh rock and roll mode you mm. you know you you can probably release but then you, you you get the the more sort of intimate songs that you know much more gentle but you've still got that it's, it's that i suppose that balance of energy again isn't it and i suppose that yeah. requires the audience as well to sort of just uh tune in a lower back as well
1: yeah exactly and I think that's always why you'll see, like, you know, when a, a band kind of becomes a stadium rock and roll band, you know, like Led Zeppelin, they'll do like, you know, they'll, you know, they'll do two hours of heavy and then they'll go into like a full on acoustic set kind of mid, <laughs> you know, mid show and then come back out and, and level it off. And that, that's always when I've seen a band, you know, you see that with, with all your, all your big bands normally kind of tend to do that. And it's it is you give the crowd a break and you give them this like sensitive part while in you know learning to help them explode on the tail end and on the back end of the show. So it's but yeah, the sensitive touches is, is important, I think.
0: Which brings me back to. And it's a good way to kind of go off sideways because you do have mm-hmm. a, uh, a 12-week program where you teach people to play guitar.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's um, that's normally... It's kind of that... It kind of caters for all different types of players, you know. So whether you're in that intermediate phase already, you know, picking up you know new licks and new tricks and things that you're doing or you're kind of at that level where you're you're gigging a lot and you're touring a lot or you're at that beginner level it's it's a program where you get to meet every person for where they're at and it's personal so I get I get to work with people in different levels and then cater to their needs and it goes on for a lot longer than 12 weeks you know i mean learning to play the guitar yeah of course yeah it's years um but it's it's normally it's it's normally a good i normally say like you know if you can commit for 12 weeks to playing or picking up the instrument and and practicing a certain time in the day uh it normally can take, it can take that long to actually feel if this instrument like wants to be a part of you or if you just want to let it go. Um, but I think everyone can have it at some degree, you know? Yeah. I th- which is awesome. I mean, you know, whether you want to take it into like, you know, touring with it or you yeah. just want to kind of, you know, sit around the campfire or, and you know play a couple of tracks like I think everyone can do it
0: it's because you you teach several styles
1: don't you yeah yeah so it's you know I, I spent I got to I when I was when I was kind of growing up like I would say from 12 till about 16 I got into this kind of mindset of like oh the best players around town must probably be like all the teachers <laughs> so i started like teacher hopping okay <laughs> so i started just going to like the best teachers i would stay with them for like a couple months and then i jump to another teacher and just try soak everything i could out of each teacher um which is quite cool. i mean the hardest style i think is obviously your your jazz players um you know they sit You've got like your rock and roll guys who, you know, have this theory at this certain level. And then it steps up to your blues guys who kind of take it a bit further. And then you get your jazz guys. And that's why whenever you watch jazz players, you know, they'll sit for, they're purely concentrating the whole time. You know, they're changing keys in songs and things like five or six times a song. And then it it dials back down to your blues player, you know, who's, who will sit in the zone of, you know, changing keys a couple of times in in tracks, and it's more pure, and then you have your blues kind of rock where that seeps off into the rock players and the reason I liked I like them all, but the, there's something about the rock and roll where there's that extra extension of forming bands, and there's like no limit to it, yeah um, but yeah, it was. I think having the whole collective mix of having that knowledge of all of those different styles has been, it's just allowed me to kind of relate on different levels.
0: It's interesting listening to you, um, the way you were talking, you know, um, about what you were trying to absorb from all of these different teachers and and, Mm. and the way you're still talking about it now in the present moment is I haven't kind of figured out yet if it's like learning a language to which you'll never fully understand, you know, but the, kind of the, the more you learn, the more you realise there is to learn. Or mm. whether it's like and this can sound very strange, but it, like you're cultivating an ecosystem that's constantly evolving.
1: Yes, yeah. It's like the better you get, the worse you become. Yeah. You know. You like you start you start getting better, and you just realize like, whoa! I've just opened up like a whole world, which I realize I am so small in comparison to. Um, but it, it, it is really beautiful. But the, you'll there'll be particular areas which I know like kind of a person will be drawn to the most. And I don't know what causes that, you know, that's obviously something a lot bigger. You know, it's like, why does someone listen to rock and roll and why does someone listen to jazz? It's like, why is someone turned on by the stones? But, you know, someone could be turned on by, you know, some pop tracks, Justin Bieber, or whatever. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a different feeling in a different world. Um, but they all stem from the source, you know, I mean, music being at the core of the source, it's like, it's inherent in everyone there's a reason why everyone has music going on in their world in some form or another. And I think the guitar is just one of those things where you can get the closest to interpreting or bringing out a particularly creative part of yourself, you know, which is, it's exciting because it, I mean it's something I actually like it it's something that's quite a big part of like teaching in the you know, in the twelve week program. It's like how to actually connect to a particular part of your creativity so that it becomes a permanent aspect in your life. And that's kinda of like my goal to try and <clears> help <throat> people tap into that.
0: So it's more than just actually learning the chords
1: then. It's Yeah. Yeah, you're actually, like, make, you're making a best friend for life, really.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you, and it's... It, it. I've watched it become... It's funny, I've seen when somebody takes it on and they go from, like, zero to a couple months having a couple chords and they start to, like, see this thing, you know, unravel before their eyes. They're like, whoa, you know, I can play... And just that little gift kind of serves, I think, serves people, just like it served me pretty much for my whole life. I've kind of followed the guitar all around, <laughs> yeah. all around the planet.
0: So so when you're doing, when, you, you, when you're helping people learn, there, there's that moment where you see them go from kind of the clunky, clumsy, just what they've learned, to a moment where it relaxes and is secondary and it goes into a flow state. And yeah. that's kind of where you're helping them. That's that that that's your. I'm, I'm guessing that that's actually your goal is to take them into that place.
1: Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's definitely to help somebody get into that point where they feel like, well, this thing is now a part of me. It's like if, whether now whether I take it and just stay here or I take it and form, you know, bands or I take it and write songs for people. It's like it's like you connect them to something bigger than a guitar you're actually connecting them to a source of energy that's sitting behind it which is music it's nature you know it's um that's what you're connecting someone to and it's inherent in them so when they discover it it's kind of like they've known it's been there the whole time they've known like it's been a part of them and now it's just like oh this is an instrument which is like Kind of like just a direct source to it. Yeah. So it's like as soon as, as soon as someone actually feels into that, or you can help someone step into that, it's like all that then happens is it's like the better the relationship gets to that instrument, it's like the deeper your connection gets, and that's why you'll see you know big you know you'll see big guys just there. You can almost imagine it like opening a tap of water. Yeah. It's like you open it, it's like drips comes through. And it's like you're just trying to get that thing flowing, and the you know when you see guys play on stage and it's just second nature. It's like that taps flowing, you know. You see Jimmy Page go for yeah. many hours, he goes for all that thing's, you know. There's no ways you're gonna put a cap on that.
0: And and do you um, when when you're um, t- teaching people to play the guitar and. Is there a noticeable difference in – how do I articulate this correctly? So I, I don't mean in in the way they play, but mm-hmm. the, the the way they've connected. Once they've hit that – once they've experienced that flow state. So, so if I bring that back to surfing, I remember the very first time – not that I stood on the – I do remember the first time I stood on the board, but the, the very first time I stood on the board, but I was actually going with the wave and relaxed – and I was like, oh, and, and, and suddenly there was this moment where whatever was going on on the beach, I don't remember that. What I remember mm. is the way that the sound that my board, and I can still hear it, the sound that my board was making as it was going along the water. And I can almost still feel what my feet, how my feet felt on the board. There's this... You know, like like you were saying with the guitar, it's like I, my feet was wearing a board and I was sliding along the water. But I, I'm, yeah. I'm completely unaware of the other 200 people on the beach.
1: But mm. the, there's this, this, this yeah. distinct,
0: and I can see the the kind of the white as a wave starting to just clip and, and and all of this. And that was that first time that I ever hit that flow state on a board. Mm. And that, that was probably two years after, you know, up until then, it was always a mad ride of paddle, 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 get up, c- cling on for dear life. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I ride longboards. That's not how it's supposed to be, <laughs> you know. But there was a moment where it clicked. Yeah. And ever since that moment, that, that's always where I've instantly fell into. Um,
1: yeah.
0: So but how do you... has been that
1: time where you're busy building that relationship to the board yeah. over those two years, and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh,
0: Yeah. Okay. And it became less about the, the relationship with the board and more about the relationship with the water. And I suddenly kind of understood what all of these surfers that used to drive me nuts with that so-called hippie talk. It's like, oh, now I get it. (laughs) Now I understand what they're talking about. (laughs) You know, so I used to think, "Mm." you know, they used to be like, oh, yeah, how soulful it was. And I used to think, do you know what I mean? Just just stop smoking weed, mate, and just give it a rest. Do you know what I mean? But then I suddenly hit it, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's that relationship with the water, you know, because each wave is different. Um, you know, they just move so differently. You'll never find another identical wave. And when you kind of learn that language, there's just a way that you can become part of it. You yeah. Know? Um, and but it it wasn't an, uh, an evolution process, you know. Where, yeah. Um, and so, how, how what what do you experience that, for yourself That's
1: your... That's such a great. You, you described that so well.
0: But but I fed that it's it's the way you were talking that took me back to that place. I was like, now, oh yeah no. This I can mm. connect I understand this bit, like, you know. Um 'cause it's, and it's amazing how many activities there are out there, for want of a better word, really, where you're you're relying on you know, like like it's the way you you talk about wearing the guitar. Yeah, you know, and, and then moving into that flow state. And it just it's like, oh, that's so sort of parallel to to surfing which would parallel like you say to to receiving the rugby ball to 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 receiving yeah. the football to uh riding a bike you know when you, you're bmxing at that at a level like that where you've there there is is there's flow states that you have to get into which is all about wearing what you're doing while being completely immersed in the moment and when that happens it's just that there's nothing else going on you're just like yeah this yeah. bubble yeah so it's an totally. amazing bubble it's so everything disappears yeah and and if people haven't experienced this i'm really sorry because it's the most amazing feeling in the world
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? it's incredibly revitalizing yeah it's like yeah. you know it feeds something and you, that just wakes up and you're like whoa what eight hours have gone by <laughs> yeah how's that possible
0: yeah 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 absolutely because so when you see that, because there must be like a point when, you, when you're um, tutoring somebody that you see that happen, you know, and it's yeah. new and it'll be exciting for them, like really exciting. And you'll be, there must be a part of you that's like, I know where you are now.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the part that really like that I'm highly passionate about witnessing over and over again. It really turns me on to see someone when they, they touch that point yeah, where they recognize like, well, this thing that I've been trying to do for these two years, building this relationship to it and haven't been able to get it from that source or that video or the thing they've been looking for. And for some reason it clicks in them and they move into that zone and I get to witness that with my eyes, like happen before me. It, it really sends like a feeling of that reaction of like, whoa. <laughs> it's like finding a diamond, you know, in yeah. the rough. It's like, oh my! It's like how, how? It's like how? Like it's like how has this not been a part of me for so long? You know, you see that kind of feeling in them, and that that drives me to. Just do it more and and share with it as much as I can. It's it's exciting, especially to watch someone like advance their plans. So it's like it's quite easy on the guitar to get stuck. Yeah, like you know, you you can get stuck doing or you know anything creative. It's like you have a golf swing and you you know you can go over you know coming down on the ball as many times as possible. And but it's like. When you when you move when something clicks and you're able to move out of that stuck box or that zone because you know someone's kind of pushed you through it in a particular way, it um it's incredibly rewarding.
0: Sorry, I I just I'm sorry, I I just like completely immersed in what you were saying then because it's that mm-hmm. like that way that yeah that that when you see it happening to somebody else when you've been there and you see it happening to somebody
1: yeah it's it just oh. yeah yeah it's a it's a powerful moment and then when they take it you know and and how far they run with it is like you know whether they are playing guitar just for their kids or you know they're they're, they're impacting the world you know so guys like take that I think a part of me a big part of me is taking what I've kind of learned over these past 20 years as a as a player and musician and I'm really just handing it to someone while I'm still playing at the same time. But it's like, I think you get to, a, and I know, you know, you'll you know this as a coach, like you get to a particular point where kind of the only way you kind of forward yourself or move forward in yourself is to to teach it and to give it. Yeah. It's like you can hold those type of aspects for so long, but it's like part of your own development becomes passing it as much as you can it becomes like your source to now create and so many other people who can do it and
0: uh, it is because cool. there's something that when it clicks and you you get to see it click and mm. something about somebody's it's not that <clears throat> it's, it's like that their energy alters yeah but it changes everything about them physically
1: it does yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and yeah i'm i'm not sure how to articulate that um but it's like you saying when when you see them go into that flow with the guitar and if if i'm coaching somebody and, and something just clicks that changes that mindset that shifts their energy and yeah. then the the rest of it, is, it's the domino effect, as cliche as that sounds. It's this domino effect, but it changes everything in their life.
1: Yeah, it's so powerful because you're changing a state. You're mm. changing a state of being in it. And that's, you know, I mean, I guess you see that at like, you know, massive motivational conferences and things like that. It's like, you know, the, like people's states are being altered.
0: Yeah. But it's yeah, this, this is something. It's the intimate of one to it, one. It's yeah. When you see it with one to one, it's yeah. I, I I I guess the fact that I can't describe it is what makes it so powerful.
1: Yeah, and one to one is. I'm a big fan of one to one.
0: Yeah, it, it, uh, it's, like it's, you, I'm a
1: big fan of one to one. I think it's the place where you can really get intimate and get deep into the thing that you're looking for, and if you really want to. I mean, working in in big groups is is great. I mean, I've, I've, if there is something magical that happens in
0: a one to one. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never done any group work, so but I can imagine that just, but like like you say, you just once once you get that buzz and that energy, and everyone's in the same focusing in the same area, you you can kind of lift and and control where that energy and state goes. Yes. Yeah. But if somebody gets that. Blow moment you might also miss the experience of seeing it <laughs> yeah. which is yeah, selfish i know absolutely. but you know but i like i like uh witnessing that that opening up
1: yeah and i think that you know that happened i would you know that happened for me i think with like kind of my first teacher you know i experienced that you know he he used to be um I mean, the first, I was really lucky to stumble upon a guy who knew no theory. You know, he knew no musical theory. He just knew how to pick up the thing and play blues. (laughs) And was, you know, he was so excited. And, uh, you know, you can imagine this, like, 12-year-old kid finding... (laughs) You know, I I think he was in his, like, kind of mid-40s, and he was just, like, I couldn't believe how his fingers could move on this thing. And he was just so passionate about playing blues. And it just made me want to like, it gives you that freedom of like wanting to conquer the world, you know, cause you're yeah. like, I want to do what he's doing. I want to learn those intricate details. Like show me now everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. <clears throat> but it's, it's when you're in those states that there's nothing in the world you're afraid of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're so curious.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it's almost um, how can I fail? It's yeah. you know you 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 keep trying to expand the experience more and more to find the point of failure because it's yeah. like at that point you've stepped off the cliff.
1: Exactly, and you're not doing it for any particular reason. <laughs> Cool. If I learn this in the next, couple, you, you know, that doesn't even factor into it. You're like, well, I'm just completely drawn to this thing i learning and crafting this craft. You know, I I don't really care about anything else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, and it is yeah. you, you you yeah. You just yeah, you go off somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. And... It's a great great place to be, and I think every and it's with it. It's like that with everything. You know.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the myths as well is all of those fears and insecurities, which goes back to what you were saying about that stage prep. It's it's mm-hmm. not that they disappear; it's they come with you, but they kind of yeah. come with you in their own right. They're embraced. I know we're all part of the same team.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know. That's why I think if it's like you know if, if it's an if it's an art, and you take something on and as an art, it becomes more than. You know, there's times where you are just not gonna want to be doing it. Like there are times as a guitar player, I do not want to play it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, whoa, I have. But that's where I think it's not. You know, it's not a hobby. Yeah. Or just, it's it's like you know that this is something that's a part of you that you're gonna learn it, teach it and the way i kind of look at it is, is it's it's like if i had all the money in the world it's like what is that one thing you would still do yeah. you know it's like if, i would still you know walk into a particular part of my house and pick up the guitar and play it you know like no matter how the circumstances changed or and I, I I kind of do that. I like to keep guitars in kind of different parts of the house so that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always kind of feel I have to kind of be in a particular place because, you know, each room has a different feel, which yeah, is quite cool. Yeah. Um, so I'll walk downstairs and like there'll be an acoustic, then I'll be like, okay, let me just pick that up and I'll mess around and there'll be nothing there. And uh, I think that's what's quite cool about iPhones and technology. You now You you have the ability to capture that riff that you're looking for almost yeah. instantaneously, where Like in the seventies and stuff, they didn't really have that luxury.
0: <clears throat> well, that's actually, cause that's, um, I, have a, I have a good friend called Gid. Uh, I think he was the third person on the podcast and he, he uh, does music and he sings and plays, guitar, you know, you know, he, he does a bit of everything and um he was talking about one of the things that's really great about this moment in, in human history is mm. you can just do something wherever you are because yeah. it wasn't that long ago that if you wanted to sit down and make great music, you had to be in a music studio with everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas now you can record it and just send it to somebody, you know, as an, as an audio file. And then they, yeah. they can do their bit with it and then it can go around everybody, you know. and Things like lockdown, we'll, we'll just all sit in our own private spaces, make something and lay a track down.
1: Yeah. It's funny because it has like, when it comes to music, I guess it, it has its amazing qualities, you know, like being able to teach online and teach on the go and create a track and actually, you know, do it online and send it off. And then there's that thing which it doesn't get, which is why you know, like you listen to bands in the 70s and the 60s and there's this particular, like, energy that flows through on a, an LP or um, that comes through on tape, you know, of having the whole band in that room capturing something. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of tape recording. Right. Oh. Um, and I find that because it's... What, what they don't tell you is when something becomes digital or when it's, re- when it's recorded and it's captured, you know, even with all the amount of digital things that you can do now to get something to sound as close to tape as possible, when something's recorded digitally, it's still done mathematically with points. Whereas when something's recorded onto tape, you know, you have a needle which is moving with the force of nature and engroving something into tape. And what that does is it captures an actual, I know it sounds pretty like spiritual and what but it no. actually captures an essence in it. And there's a reason why when people were listening to those records, you know, that were coming up from the Beatles and the Who and Zeppelin and, and Neil Young and these guys, is it's like, whoa, we can actually feel something here that you might not be able to Hear a difference, fully, but you can definitely sense a feel that's completely different, and it's funny because your actual body picks up a higher vibrational frequency, so it's like that's why we love going to live gigs because we actually yeah. you know you feel the full impact of, of that band and that sound. It's like when you listen to a full on tape recording come from an LP, it's like, Whoa,
0: because I'm sure there's Whereas something listening
1: to like Spotify, it's really small, <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that's true, because I'm pretty sure I might, you know. I might be incorrect here because it was a long time ago that I remember learning about this and it's kind of like a, a little side shoot because I used to be into antiques. And the reason old original jazz records were in demand was because the original recordings um, caught the atmosphere. Yeah. And there was something about, I could be really wrong, but it was something about when things like cymbals and stuff were hit the, on the original records of the recordings of the original artists, people would say that they could feel it they could actually feel it in yeah. the music and it picked up a different sound that jazz players if they try and replicate that today it's no it just gone. doesn't yeah. don't, you don't feel the atmosphere yeah. you don't have that feeling and that that i i i'd imagine it's still the case with um you know with the purists but the like if you were trying to buy like jazz records from the, the 20s 30s 40s and all of that of, of some you know the really big jazz players and i don't know any of them i just remember um trying to sell some lps in an antique shop and they're like no we're really really interested in." it was either like 60s or 70s stuff with the original artwork nothing to do with the yeah. music just the original artwork but obviously you had to have the lp involved or if you can get original jazz there was something about the way it was recorded and like you were saying the way the groove went into into the record that it was just, yeah. no, you could put in your headphones and feel that you were there. And you, yeah. just, you just don't get that with digitised music. You lose no, something yeah. about the fact that, it, I don't know, it's, it's a copy. It's not an original, mm. it's a copy.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's weird because when it's on tape and it comes through like that, it feels like you're in that room, you know. It's like, I noticed that a lot with recording acoustics, um, acoustic guitars to tape and then digitally it's it, you know one can be just two dimensional and the other one's kind of three dimensional and it's I think it's heard really well if you go back and listen to those Neil Young records Okay. you, you know he's got um, you know like harder gold and tracks like that and it's you can really just feel that acoustic kind of come through Know, it's it's a sound that I'm I get quite romantic about
0: it <laughs> but that that's good because that that's the essence of um you know like we were talking about getting into that flow into it it's about it is somewhere in your heart it's it's coming out of your head mm-hmm. and, and going into the emotional part of of who you are and, and it kind of the your existence the source of your existence for want of a better term it yeah. it's, it's, it it takes you into that place and there's something about um that old music that the the way it was recorded that it kind of caught all of the imperfections that digitized music takes out
1: yes yeah
0: you know digitized music is is a weird obsession with perfection so you know so whereas the old stuff it it has all of the the variations of the atmosphere in the room and what could come across on when it's you know the computer's trying to figure it out it as interference. Is no, 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 uh, that, that 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 was, you know, the, the hangover of the symbols or something. That that was it. Was this something like screws or something that used to be in cymbals or on us on a where the drum that they hit? Did they used to have screws that used to leave a a, a resonance, like a vibration after it was hit?
1: Oh, I'm not sure. I mean
0: I, I could be so wrong. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> But there's all of those things. You know, you know, when you when you hit a guitar, and yeah. if you don't, or you hit a piano key, that the sound can linger as it as it fades uh, yeah. off. Whereas with digitized music and stuff, it will take that out to a degree.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I it was it's so interesting what you said there because it's it does seem like an obsession with perf- perfection now. You know, and that's not where it, you know that's not where the true life sits because you yeah. listen to. It's like, it's like when I see someone make a mistake these days. I'm like, thank God. These <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. you're human. You know, you have the human quality there. Okay, great. You know, um, <laughs> whereas when you because you know you, it's it's so funny like. That, that is kind of something where now when I look at bands, I'm like, I get a little bit sad, I guess, sometimes when I hear when there's too much backing track that comes through. Um, you know, one of those bands, like, you know, when you look at bands like The Stones and Aerosmith, they're still one of the few bands where all of the sound that they're creating is coming from the stage, um, as opposed to, you know, sounds where it's synthed or it's done from backing track or, and I think the, I think it's got something and I, I, I definitely, it's kind of like my own theory where it's got something to do with guys learning to play when they were picking up how to learn their craft from listening to vinyls and listening to tapes, you know, and having to like move the needle to bring it back to a point yeah. it made you pick up the instrument From learning from ear, and then to really like learn your craft with, I mean now it's so quick. You can just kind of go online and pull the tablature down and like you know learn one of the most complicated tracks. You know so simply, you don't have to do any work. So you don't actually end up developing particular parts of your ears. You don't you know these like certain fragments and hearings don't get picked up because you're not learning it. In a way, where the spectrum is a lot bigger.
0: Yeah, because yeah, there must. Coming back to what you were saying about when you feel it under your fingers, yeah. But that was you, like you're saying, because you you had to listen to it, try and play it, listen, go, stop what you're doing, pick it up, and it becomes a, a, an all in one cycle. Yeah, do you know what I mean like you're saying you, you're hearing something and then trying to repeat it with the, that feel under your fingers? You you can't just look at something and it's there in front of you. Oh, well, I can just practice. Okay, that's what I'm doing then. You didn't, yeah. you didn't have that. It, it's there was nothing a different world. Yeah, there was nothing visual. Anything visual was looking at what you were doing. Yeah. Which then just connected to the feeling under your fingers. Exactly. Which connected yeah. to what your ears were hearing. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> and yeah, there's a yeah. combination of all of those senses
1: it is it you know what you say there is just so true because it it really is it's a combination of the whole kind of spectrum being captured you know it's like have i dialed in enough you know have i learned the instruments enough that i can build that relationship to this particular sound coming through now it's advanced me now when i walk into a room it's like now you're playing with with these guys and so i can imagine around that time of the bands coming through, through in the 70s, it must have been a whole lot harder because you were up against some guys who really <laughs> knew how to play their instruments, you know. Now it's like, you know, finding, you know, guitars like that coming through music now is quite a rare thing. And I'm like, hey, you know, so I...
0: But um, I suspect that that means that in the... Ne- there's some kid out there now who's just picked up a guitar... And by some random chance, his parent or somebody will be a big vinyl fan and have an old yeah. record player. And yeah. while all his friends are li- listening to Spotify, he's got on a set of old clunky headphones like me. And you know, love those, love yeah, those. Yes, <laughs> and um, and he's just sat in a chair, lounging, just learning chords and yeah. just listening to to some old rock, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, and he you know and a few the beauty of it yeah and in a few years from now when he steps out he'll start something or she'll start something that will be a revolution and you know and everyone will want to go back to actually ha- ha- how it sounded from the heart you know what exactly, what did it yeah. feel like when you were playing
1: i think that's kind of what's been I know you know recently kind of before lockdown as it was kind of going into you know last year november time it's like vinyl sales were through the roof yeah you know and it's like how has <laughs> vinyl made such a big kind of comeback on things and i got into i got into this conversation with a with um with a guy who runs a vinyl store um in uh, kind of north london and camden town and i went into um it, it was a friend's birthday and i was picking up a a Led Zeppelin four album for him, and I went in and they had the vinyl on sale, a new vinyl that had been printed for uh, I think it was like twenty five pounds or something. And then they had the uh, the old vinyl, like the originals, on sale for it was like 100, 125 <laughs> quid, and I was like, so I and I got into this conversation with them of uh, you know what's what's going on here. And he was so cool to, and you know, he informed me. He's like, well, pretty much what's been going on is is those old recordings that they used to have on tape, um, which they had imprinted onto the vinyls. You know, vinyl was the only thing they could cut it onto. He's like, the new stuff that's going onto the new vinyls that are out there is the same as CD quality. It's the wow. same size so it's yeah. like if you took your cd quality at 44.1 hertz i think it is they're cutting that those recordings onto vinyl and that's what you're getting now so even though i know where well, you know vinyl can capture more than like 100 and you're looking yeah. at a kilohertz Um, which was just far too big for CD and tape. But that's (laughs) that sound
0: quality, that atmosphere that you and I were talking about.
1: Yeah, and the body picks that up. That's how when you listen to those old records, even though your ears, you know, guys will say, I can't tell the difference between digital and and tape. um, Yeah, you probably won't pick it up fully, but you'll actually feel that difference.
0: Yeah.
1: Like you'll actually internally feel that difference on a cellular level. And that you know that's why certain music makes you go like whoa I can feel powerful now I can feel yeah. whatever I need to feel at this moment. Um, but yeah, it's it doesn't come through fully on on the new vinyls, which was an interesting thing I found out. But I'd still buy them now anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's still something just nice about picking up a needle and you know yeah. listening. There's I haven't done it for a while because I don't have a record player anymore. Funny enough, I still have vinyl, um, but I don't have a record player. But there's the sound of when it drops. There's like a, a, a clunk and a soft. Is it? Yeah. 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 I mean. And then the, then the needle comes up and it just drops. And that's when you get that interference sound before you hear the music.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: an exciting moment. <laughs> it is. It is because as I'm telling you, I, I talk about it. I can see it. I can see the needle. It's, it's like watching an advert on repeat or something.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever used to do that thing with like cassette tapes where you, you know, you'd, the cassette would like run out and you'd have like all your tape running back and then you'd have to like screw it in
0: with a pen and like like with like a pencil.
1: Yeah, pencils yeah, were good. Exactly. You see,
0: because they had that hexagon type shape. You <laughs> yeah,
1: you've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah they
0: get into the corners.
1: Definitely. <laughs> you know, or a big biro because you couldn't. And... If
0: it was round, it was no good. You had to have something with, with uh, uh, edges, so it had to be a yeah, pencil yeah. or a big biro. You see? It used to
1: drive me crazy when the batteries would go flat on it as well. You're
0: like, oh god. The one that used to get me nuts is when it used to happen in a car. Because you mm, could never, yeah. because of the way the the cassettes go in sideways, you can't you, get it out, and you would often have to break the tape. Yeah, you know. Whereas when God, that
1: sucks.
0: when it happened on, and for kids, these these are the struggles that we grew up with, right? <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> no Spotify in our day, but on an old tape recorder, you could sometimes actually remove it, the whole contraption, because they would often, if you when uh, you project. You could press yeah. the, the, the like the tongue bits out that held it in, you could press them out and remove that and then you could access the the actually the gubbins inside the tape recorder and just gently unravel it all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, exactly. And
0: if you didn't get too many creases, you could almost rescue the tape.
1: Yeah. But in it would a be car to try and save your own tape. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but in a car. Because you know it's because <laughs> tapes were expensive. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah.
0: You know, and um and once it was gone it was gone if you weren't careful. Yeah. In a car you couldn't get that. You couldn't do that every car. So often it's just like there was that moment where you're like, ah oh. and of course if you when you used to pull them it would stretch. You know, and and, and yeah, so in a because, you know, those old stereos didn't remove that easily, you
1: know. Yeah. I used to have a it's to have a city golf. As a, uh, I think it was, it was my second car, and I had this tape which got jammed in it, and I think I drove around for about a year with this tape. Just it was like a, I think it was the Bon Jovi like "Slippery When Wet" album or something. Brilliant. And I was just listening their to album, their best album. Their best album. Yeah, I was just listening to this for a year, and I was like, God, I know all of the lyrics backwards now. <laughs> you know? Can't get it out. Yeah. Oh. No, I enjoyed that.
0: Time. Yeah, they, they they were great days. They were great days. So, we should actually, because we haven't mentioned it, what is the name of your band and how do people find you?
1: Yeah, um, it's called Still. And we're on Spotify. Um, got a couple of EPs out and we were doing quite a few cool shows before lockdown hit. Um, so, I think we might. I think we might pick it up as we kind of come out. We're kind of just deciding and, and looking at how things are going nowadays um, and kind of what the best routes on things are.
0: But, so do you do a lot of your gigs around London?
1: Yeah. Yeah, currently now.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, But mainly, yeah, we've kind of just been London based for a while. Um, and then... I think we'll start doing quite a few acoustic shows as well. There's something really cool about that.
0: Yeah. That'd be nice. And that's, so that's still on Spotify. Still. Yeah. Is that still as an STI double L?
1: Yeah. STI yeah. double
0: L. Okay. And who were you before that? Cause there was a little, there was a little journey of bands, wasn't there?
1: There was. Yeah. Um, I had a band called sleep fire for about, five years before that um, which was great did a whole bunch of EPs with the guys and put an album out which was really good Um, so that's also up on Spotify Um, you can probably uh, I think you you can access like most of it on my website Um, yeah cash build.com it'll be on there and then yeah, that was, that was awesome. I mean, that was like a cool 5-year project and I, I was in it with two I got, I got two older brothers who play okay. as well. Um and they were part of the band for for a while. Um for those, you know, those 5 years and that was that was an interesting dynamic. Um, yeah. To work with family in the band is a completely different thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um it's an interesting way but it, it was it was awesome it was a great it's you know really cool journey for the time
0: and do your brothers still play in bands or they stopped altogether?
1: together um there's they still play i don't think they have any they're not playing in bands at the moment no but they they do still play i mean yeah. i think when you when an instrument becomes a party like that you It's just there forever, yeah, yeah. So So,
0: that's good. Um, We've actually gone for about an hour and a half. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. Yeah, I know. know. (laughs) There's this list of things I haven't spoken to you about yet, Um, like Chris Harina and Calisthetics, keeping fit on the climbing wall.
1: (laughs) Awesome! Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, and because there was something I wanted to. If, do you have time? Do you have a bit more time?
1: I've got time, yeah. yeah cool. If, you know, if, you, if you're if
0: you good. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Because um, on one of the descriptions you get into um, about with your music, and, I mean, you talk about o- online business, and it is all on your website, and I'll make sure I, I post up all the links to your website. And, Thanks. And, um, and I'll find you on Spotify, and make sure those links are available as well, is because... Yeah there's your online shop and you you talk about affiliations and businesses and stuff like that. But could you just explain, there's a little bit on your bio where you talk about that. I I can't um, remember exactly how it was worded, but it was like artists at the very bottom or the very top Mm. and there's nothing in the middle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. That was, um, that was kind of like, I guess, it was it was something which i had noticed with a lot of like how the model is now yeah. in music you know it's like you form your band you go try to play the clubs you get it signed record label comes through you know you do a bunch of tours with it normally now after the first record if it doesn't crack a certain amount of numbers you get dropped off the label and i watched a bunch of you know close mates bands just ready get to that point, run through that mill and then, it, you know, get kind of dropped off the edge to the cliff. Um, and it was something like when I was looking at music, it, it's like, it's like if I was looking at just that one model, you know, and it's kind of the model that's kind of taught to you because that's how it worked for, you know, bands in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, kind of started dying out to the 2000s. You know, the models have been broken. Yeah no one really knows how it should be, which is what's so awesome with the internet now blowing the door open. Um, but talking about like musicians at those particular levels, you see guys get so big where from my perspective, it was like, wow, you know, they lose contact with their families, you know, looking after themselves, um, the connection to their health. Um, and then you get, guys that you know who are can never get past that like certain kind of club ceiling and it's like we'll kind of just give up on the instrument or and i was like there has to be like you know there's such a large amount of people who who i i feel um because i'm you know i'm one of them who like kind of sits in that middle part and it's like it's like I still want to be connected to you know my partner and to people I love and to look after my health as well as retain my connection to creating music and doing it pretty much from anywhere I want in the world and make a living off it. Yeah. Um, as opposed to not having that box, you know, or having to just follow that one model. So what I've seen now is it's like, wow, there's actually – a new box that's being created, which, you know, you can, we can fit into in in any type of way. And now just seeing that with, you know, bands running, you know, money, you know, earning money off blockchains, you know, and like looking after, you know, their income that way, Um, you know, with guys playing live and uh, online now and, and teaching to, you know, a whole bunch of students, you know, thousands um and i was you know looking at that feeling i was like wow if you you necessarily don't need to just make your money from the music you make you know if you wanted to do it as a living and travel and still have those things it's like you could do it in many different sources you could build a business around your passion um and then i became pretty passionate about was like, wow, you can actually tap into your passion as a player, you know, whether you were a writer or you were a creator, and you could build a passion-based business that you could do for a living, Um, which I know many musicians struggle or have struggled for so long to, you know, in an income from music. And that's where I I think the affiliate thing has been quite a a blessing in a way because it, it's connected in many different circles around it as well. Um, it's always by-products. Yeah. Other business. Yeah.
0: No, it's, it's good because you, um, like you say, cause you, ha- you have an online shop, which is all music related. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, built, it's helping, musicians and and people who pretty much move online to create that type of income in an online based business. And with the way that the the internet's going now, you know, that it's like, how do you navigate through all this? Like, what do I do? Where do I create that? And, and so part of, a part of working with me is to build a business around a passion. That's good.
0: It's probably a good place to end as well. Yeah awesome cool. that's brilliant Man. thank you very much
1: It's been a pleasure Thank you Bye.